Hello and welcome to The Cut and the Dry here on the Life Given Radio. This is the show that doesn't mince the hot takes that the Bible lays out for us cut and dried. Yes, sir. I'm your host, Kip Mock, and I'm here with, as Isaac put it on our show notes, my better half. It sounds a little gay to me. <laughs> Reserved that phrase for my wife. But <laughs> I am here with my co-host, Isaac Lopez. <laughs> your friend. My yes. friend. Not my better half. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Oh, well, Isaac's been up since 3.15 this morning, um, and he's still here recording with me, and we're going to get right into it. With our, our first segment is Indubitable, and my, my punchline for this Indubitable is flip the script. I'm kind of taking a few of the things we've talked about in the last few Indubitables and mm-hmm. just laying it out together, because okay. I think there's something that we didn't really talk much about in the yeah, previous yeah. shows that is important to note. Right. Um, so this is just kind of a summary of some recent discussions. Um, so I've got a few a few examples. Okay. First, Antifa is a fascist organization. We did touch on this a little bit yeah. um, last episode, so I won't beat a dead horse. But second, anti-racists are racists. Okay. 99% of the time, and I'm gonna, I will explain myself a bit further here because we yeah. haven't talked about this on the show, <clears throat> um, but 99% of the time, people that you see virtue signaling on the internet about white people being racists mm. are racist, and the reason they are that way is because they think that their superior whiteness, uh, that black people need from them some sort of support hmm. in in their you know lower class abilities which is right. not not necessarily true right they, i mean there there are white people who need help there are black people who need help but the assumption that these anti-racists mm-hmm. have who accuse anyone and everyone of being a white supremacist right is that black people need help all black people right. need help by these white people who think all white people are bad. Yeah. So by apologizing, they're acknowledging their superior superiority. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's kind of interesting because this isn't just my idea. They're mm. white supremacists, famous white supremacists such as Richard Spencer, um, have noted that it is much easier to convert a liberal to white supremacy because hmm. they actually already believe it. Oh, interesting. They okay. just yeah. they just take yeah. it to the other the other end of the spectrum. So instead of acknowledging that they're white supremacists, they mm-hmm. accuse everybody else of being a white supremacist. Right. But if <laughs> apparently, according to Richard Spencer, if you just talk to them for a little bit, mm-hmm. they end up being a white supremacist very quickly, which is is kind of disturbing. Right. But so th- that's example number two. <laughs> example number three is uh, again one we've talked about uh, quite a bit. So I won't beat a dead horse. But tolerance police are intolerant mm-hmm. of Judeo-Christian ethics. Right. And, and finally, this is an interesting one in current times, um, I've seen a lot of people saying, um, accusing Christians, because you know a lot of Christians, uh, pro-life people have taken the tagline, my body, my choice, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of wearing masks. Right. And right. a lot of pro-abortion, pro-murder people have mm-hmm. said, wait, you don't believe that when it comes to abortion. Right. 
I think a more relevant question is, well, you don't believe in my body, my choice now mm -hmm. that it comes to masks. Yeah. And so the point of flip the script is when you're accused of racism, fascism, intolerance and hatred um, by your fellow humans, stop and think, is your accuser the fascist? Is your accuser hateful and intolerant? Mm -hmm. Is your accuser a racist? Yeah. And if so, my advice is whistle a tune, go on your merry way, and shake the dust off your feet as you go. It doesn't get better than that. I feel like one thing that I would just add is just being able, I mean, that summary's beautiful. I think that sums up a lot of the things that we've allowed ourselves in our judgment to become confused and clouded by. And I think that my exhortation at the beginning of the show is just be able to see through the smoke, mm. see through the idiocy, and the uh, lack of logic that the world is using and don't allow yourself to become confused. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's, that's kind of the summary of it. And I guess that's why we included Indubitable mm -hmm. as a segment in our show. Right. Because we don't, we don't want to get confused by secular definitions. Mm -hmm. We don't want to lose the battle on the front of what words mean. And um, I think it's important to just kind of, I wanted to kind of sum that up and, mm -hmm. and note that there is a lot of consistency in the inconsistency. Right. There's right. there's a lot there are a lot of patterns that you can pick up on and you can see this all throughout secular culture. Mm -hmm. And so just keep that in mind. Like Isaac said, see through the smoke. Don't don't allow yourself to become confused. So um, let's move right on to our four cents. That's good. Um, yeah. That's good stuff, man. Um, so for this segment we're gonna be reading a lot of scripture and we don't have much to say. Yeah. Besides what scripture has to say, which yeah. sounds like a perfect... <laughs> That's how you make a good podcast. <laughs> this is what God says. Okay, right. Here you go. Yeah. Uh, but the point that I'm going to be trying to make from the scripture we have to read today is that Christmas celebrates a greater miracle than Easter. Or in other words, the incarnation is a greater miracle than the resurrection. So the resurrection doesn't matter at all, is what Kip is saying. That is not what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, <laughs> the next part of the script says that I do want to emphasize right off the bat right. um, that the incarnation, me claiming that the incarnation is more miraculous than the res mm. resurrection, I, I don't want to say that to diminish the joy and the magnitude of the resurrection, mm. but simply to elevate the joy and importance of the incarnation. Because yeah. I think I think it is underrated. Yeah, that I'm I'm agree. saying that the incarnation is underrated, not that the resurrection mm -hmm. is overrated. Okay, in other terms. Yeah. So make them equally rated. Equally rated. Um, I'm not necessarily equally rated, but just I, I think we need to think more about mm -hmm. the incarnation than we do. Yeah. Um, to to kick this segment off, I want to read um, John one, one through eighteen. Um, Isaac, do you want to read through verse 13? I'll take it from yeah, there. Definitely. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. In the, the true light, which gives light to everyone, 
was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So there, there are a few things um, I want to draw from this passage. I love how unique John's, John's gospel opening is. Mm-hmm. And I think it really captures um, the magnitude of the incarnation in a manner that the other gospels um, don't. Um, and, and you see that um, in a number of ways. So I'll start by just highlighting one portion uh, in verse 5, um, which I think is, is valuable to know, mm. which is that Christ has overcome. Yeah. Um, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome mm. it. And second, the incarnate word of God was rejected in his life on earth. Mm. In verse 10 and 11, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But... Finally, uh, and this is where it really gets to the point I'm trying to get at, is in verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, the word became flesh. Hmm. In, the, in the beginning of this chapter, right. uh, you see, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Mm-hmm. He was in the beginning with God. Right. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Mm-hmm. So, so with that in mind, let's, let's read this again. And the word became flesh mm-hmm. and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and yeah. truth. That's crazy. Yeah. That is, is absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, with this in mind, my point is that it is not surprising that the creator of all things overcame death. Is it glorious? Yes. Mm. Is it surprising? I don't think so. What is surprising though, is that the creator of all things became like one of his creatures. Mm. Um, So I wanna take this one step further though and read part of Luke's description of Christ's death. Um, Isaac, why don't you read uh, verse 32 through 38 and I'll take it from there. Sounds good. Two others, who were criminals, were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. 
there was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. So, before I, before I draw out a few things from this passage, I want to I read uh, part of John's description of the crucifixion. Because in verse 38, uh, Luke 23, verse 38, uh, you just get this brief description uh, saying, There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. Mm. John, uh, in John 19, you get a little bit more context to this. Mm. And I think it's really interesting. It doesn't have much to do with the rest of what I have to right, say, right. but I just, I, I found this interesting as I was reading through the Gospels, and so I wanted to share it. Um, so, John 19, verses 19 through 21. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write king of the, the king of the Jews, but rather, This man said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. So, I love this passage. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, it's like, to me, it's the only spark of hope in, in all of, you know, Pontius Pilate being in, right. uh, at right. the at the crux of mm. the most evil event in yeah. history and in many ways being responsible for mm. it yeah uh, because he was the authority figure who had the authority to you know tell the chief priests right. and everybody rioting for Christ's death that no that's not gonna happen mm -hmm. certainly but but he didn't he succumbed yeah. and in this one little quote is just a spark of I don't know, spark of guts, spark of, you know what, you guys have done enough, and, you know, we, don't, we know not much more about Pontius right. Pilate. But I love this, this little passage, and it's interesting because in verse 20 you see that many of the Jews read this inscription because it was written in three different languages, mm -hmm. and this <laughs> bothers the chief priests right. because you see in verse 21, so the chief of the priests said, of the Jews said to Pilate, don't do this. Yeah. We're not okay with this. And Pilate's like, nope, I, I did it. That's what it says. Yeah, and, and, and in some ways it's interesting because we just talked about, you know, acknowledging something with the apology at in, indubitable, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, when you apologize, you're acknowledging a certain authority. Um, and here, Pilate not backing down and allowing the king of the Jews to be written in three different languages is saying something without yeah. saying something. You know, yeah. I mean, like, the fact that he didn't budge off of it. And also, it's interesting how God will use very small and specific providences yeah. to just, like, use maybe human stubbornness <laughs> to just say, yeah, this is my son. Yeah. Um, or this, this is my will. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is the king of the Jews. Mm -hmm. Anywho. Um, so I wanted to kind of sidetrack on that, but from Luke 23, there are, there's one main thing that I want to draw from this. Three times 
um, the high priests, the soldiers, even another man being executed had the gall to heap reproach on Christ. So you see uh, the high priests um, scoffing and saying, the rulers scoffing and saying, he saved others, let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, Mm -hmm. his chosen one. And then the soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, if you're the king of Mm -hmm. of the Jews, save yourself. And then one of the thieves says, are you not the Christ? Save Mm -hmm. yourself and us. And the incomprehensible fact about Christ's death is that he didn't step down from the mm. cross, is that he did suffer for our sake. Right. right. It's, it's not as crazy that he was resurrected afterwards mm-hmm. because that's what, that's what should have happened. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, is it okay if I jump in here? Yeah, because go for it. I, I think it's really interesting, and I just noticed this, is that, you know, I mean, in the John 1 passage that we just read, mm-hmm. it's emphasizing Christ's lordship and sovereignty and who he is with, who mm-hmm. he associated with, with God. You know, mm-hmm. he is the Lord and Savior of the entire universe. Mm-hmm. And there's a magnitude about that. And I think John's trying to get across that weight. And then in the last two passages that we've read, we're seeing Christ's humanity and what he had to suffer in mm-hmm. that humanity. Um, and like, I think this is just like repeating what you said, just with different words, like Christ could have done other things. You know, right. he didn't have to become incarnate. Mm-hmm. But that was a choice, you know. Yeah. Like that, um, yeah. I just I, I find it fascinating that transition from the Lord's sovereignty and power to creature. There mm-hmm. obviously there are he doesn't completely become just a creature, right? But but there's there's that side that he has to struggle with, right? And you, you, yeah, it's interesting because <clears throat> as finite creatures, we're never going to be able to see right. Christ's. Yeah. Christ as he is in the Godhead mm-hmm. and Christ as he is a human at the same time. And right. so I think it's interesting how the Gospels try to, uh, not try to, how the Gospels display mm-hmm. both of those natures. Yeah. Um, and obviously we're looking at it in two-dimensional text. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important as you, as you read through the Gospels and as you read through, um, and we're going to get to this a little bit later, since this is the Christmas show, we're going to do, we're going to read the Christmas story. Um, but I think it's important to, as you're reading the mundane, mm-hmm. human-like passages, to keep in mind Christ and his Godhead. Mm-hmm. And as you're reading passages about Christ and his Godhead, keep in mind Christ and his humanity. Right. Um, because it deepens your understanding. You're never going to understand it completely. Yeah. But... It, it really does add to your understanding if you try to keep those things in mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, all you can do is know that they're both true. Right. But the simple fact of knowing that they're both true, Isaac out here getting so phone, getting calls. phone calls. I mean, it's not even a person I care about. No, it's just a spam call. Sorry. <laughs> I've turned it off. Man, you're on a roll too. Anyway. No, I mean, I was basically done, but... Uh, just the get kicked off this this show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're the editor. You can cut that out if you want to. But no, no, it brings the humanity out, right? The error. Oh dear. Uh, yeah. The, all you can do is know that those two things are true. Mm-hmm. You can't understand how they're both true. Right. But simply 
keeping in mind that both of those things are true adds a lot of depth to your understanding of the Gospels. Um, so I want to move into, uh, i try to get back to the point though. Um, and that's, that's just because Christ's incarnation happened before his death, burial, mm-hmm. and, resu- burial and resurrection doesn't mean it's less important. It is only because Christ took on flesh that he was able to die, take our mm-hmm. sins and our old selves with him and be resurrected, bringing a new life for his disciples with him, free from sin, uh, to spend eternity and, and, and then <laughs> to spend eternity as our, as our high priest, right. the incarnation needed to happen. Mm-hmm. He needed to do that in order to intercede on our behalf. Yeah. All of that because a baby was born in a stable of a virgin. So let's close uh, this Christmas episode mm-hmm. uh, of Our Four Cents with a section of Luke's account of Christ's birth. Mm. And I'd like you to note as you listen, um, and I'll try to, we'll try to point it out as we go, the radical contrast that I think we really uh, so often gloss over between mm-hmm. the mundane and the miraculous the routine and the glorious. Um, yeah, so we might kind of jump in. So yeah. if you have the chance, you should read along so you know for sure uh, <laughs> when we're reading scripture right. and when we're ma- taking notes. Um, but this is Luke 2, verse 2 through 21 in the ESV. So in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So from the beginning of what I read Mm -hmm. to verse 7, all of this is really normal, boring stuff. Mm -hmm. They have to go for a census, and it's inconvenient because there's no place for them to stay because everybody's there for the census, so she has to have a baby in a stable. That's uncomfortable, but it's not... It's not crazy. Mm-hmm. It's not crazy yet. And it doesn't even get crazy quite yet. In verse 8, it says, And the shepherds were, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Also very normal. Mm-hmm. But we associate that sentence. Right. <laughs> that, I mean, you're probably thinking, you, you know what's coming next. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows what's coming next. But just try to separate that sentence mm-hmm. out from, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I would be too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. But it's so easy to just, you know, there were shepherds Mm -hmm. living out in the fields, watching their sheep, and an angel showed up. Like, that seems like that's a congruent, cohesive Mm -hmm. whole because we've heard it hundreds of times. But it's not. That's absolutely bonkers. Mm -hmm. And it goes on. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Mm. And then it gets even crazier in verse 13. Mm. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, 
glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. It goes, it goes back to mundane right. very quickly in right. verse 16. They, they leave their fields. Mm-hmm. They go find Mary <clears throat> and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. Um, and then they spread the word because obviously yeah. they'd seen some crazy stuff. So right. they're right. going and telling everybody. Mm-hmm. But I think I wanna, the last thing I want to note is in verse 19. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mm-hmm. I, it seems odd that that, that sentence is included. Yeah. But... I think it, it helps uh, us do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Think about this. This is this is 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 miraculous. It right. is crazy. Right. And I think getting back to the point of mm-hmm. our four cents, that the incarnation is crazier. Mm-hmm. It is a crazier miracle than the resurrection. Um, do you have any any final thoughts on this, Isaac? No, I think. Uh... Uh, it's just wonderful to go back through the passage. Um, and the thing that I love so much about this show is the fact that we read so much scripture on it. And I, I, don't, I don't know if this is necessarily a principle that we had you know, stated explicitly at the beginning of the show, but we, we want to n- normalize the reading of scripture. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of Christians are doing that these days, is to normalize the reading of scripture. But we've gotten to a place now that it's just kind of the same over and over. You know, the, the incarnation has become mon- mundane through and through. Right. So looking through and seeing the miraculous and the supernatural, if you will, aspect to this story is mm-hmm. so good to bring a fresh um, aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, think, I think as you're reading through it, it's, it's important and helpful to try to separate the mundane and the miraculous. Mm-hmm. Like imagine, imagine shepherds out there freezing right. with, their, with their sheep, and then all of a sudden the glory of the Lord is displayed to mm-hmm. them. Try to, try to imagine those two radically different right. things happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. That is a picture of Christ's incarnation. Yeah. It is... It is the God and creator of the universe and a human being. Mm-hmm. Two radically different things, a creator and a creature in one. Right. And right. I'm going to probably pause there because I don't want to accidentally be sacrilegious. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. But You're good up to now. Yeah. <laughs> especially because I... I, I had a lot of Dayquil before coming here. Yeah. So Isaac's been up since three fifteen, and I was sleeping all day yesterday. Yeah, you've been and out. We had to postpone the recording of the show. Yeah. Because you didn't have a voice. So. <laughs> right. I I literally couldn't talk, and I'm starting to yeah. lose it all again. Yeah. So, so we're, we might we're need to wrap it up. But. <laughs> um. So yeah, I apologize. I apologize if I've been a little incoherent, but we did our best. Yeah. Fortunately, most of it was just reading, and um, I've enjoyed this, but. Let's move right into toilet talk. Yeah. Totally shifting gears. Yeah. My toilet talk tip is a book recommendation. And we're going to do a special kind of expounding on this concept sometime in the next couple of weeks. Okay. We'll keep you guys posted on that. But the book recommendation is Thou Shall Prosper by Rabbi Daniel Lappin. Um, the reason I recommend this book is... 
that modern Christians have built this disconnect between their finances and mm. their spirituality in order to avoid confronting the issue of wealth. Okay. And I'm tired of it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Go in, brother. I, I think that this separation exists because many Christians instinctively think that being wealthy is immoral. Okay. And this is an understandable mistake, but a mistake nonetheless. Mm. Um, the money you have is nothing but a representation of how valuable you are to society unless you're a burglar, embezzler, or a mugger, in which right. case this toilet talk tip is not for you. <laughs> Such a good clarification that people needed. <laughs> Sorry, Isaac. <laughs> okay. Oh, um, okay, we're almost there. We're almost there. Man. But the, the immorality of money comes in only when you put it in the wrong place. Right. That is in front of anything that is not a tool. Mm. <laughs> but making money and having money is not a sin. Okay. In fact, it's a sign that you're a productive and useful neighbor to those around you. Mm. Um, now, a lot of you might be kind of just sitting here a little bit aghast because there are so many parables Right. And so many stories, particularly mm -hmm. in the Gospels, yeah. about Jesus warning against the dangers of wealth mm -hmm. and saying, uh, you know, the rich young rulers, the first, yeah. first one that will come to mind to, for, for anybody is yeah. go away and sell everything that you have. Mm -hmm. um, it is more easy for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than a rich right. man to enter the kingdom of heaven, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. There are a lot of passages that hint at wealth being, at best, dangerous. Right. Which right. it is. Um, but I'm going to leave you with a nice cliffhanger there and okay. give you my explanation in our special. Okay. Um, but bottom line is Daniel yeah, Lappin has a lot more to say on this topic. And he has a lot of good stuff to mm -hmm. say on this topic right. from Scripture. Um, and if you ignore some iffy Jewish biblical exegesis in a couple places... Uh, his insight is, is yeah. really valuable, and I think you'll enjoy it. So. Yeah, um, I've, I've got a question for you. Yeah. So um, if you look at the uh, breakdown like on our stats for the podcast, 50% of our listeners, probably 40%, are in the age bracket of 17 to 23. Hmm. So I, I'm sure that there are some college students listening to us right, right now and wondering, you know, my fi finances are very tight. <laughs> you know, I'm not the wealthiest individual. Right. Um, and maybe they're spending most of their money on coffee right now. <laughs> so so do you have anything specific maybe speaking to that uh, stage in life where you're not making a lot of money and you're putting a lot of your money into school? Right. Is there That's exactly specific? why I recommend this book, actually. Okay. Because, Fantastic. Um, I, I, I want to do a special talking about right. the morality of wealth. Right. I'm because, getting ahead of myself then. No, no, you're okay. I, because I think it's important, mm -hmm. um, it, especially, you know, our target audience is young men who are Christians. Right. Right? Yeah. And you're not going to make money and be productive in society if you don't think that making money is a good thing. And, and that's really Oof. the point of what right. Daniel Lappin has to yeah. say in this book is that you must first overcome this instinct that money mm -hmm. is evil. Um, and, and he really goes through a lot of practical tips on how to build right. wealth uh, in an ethical manner mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. how to actually understand that wealth is a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, there are a lot of qualifications to make there because yeah. I'm not saying that money is a good thing 
and that's it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I, I'm saying that wealth in the hands of a good man is a good thing. Yeah. Um, um, so uh, if, you're, if you're 18 and you are a waiter at a restaurant mm-hmm. and you think this, this has nothing to do with you, I would submit to you that it actually has the most to do with yeah. with you than right. anybody else. Because somebody who's 40 years older than you mm-hmm. and has a set career, they've only got you know 20 years left on average to live their life. Right. If you're 18 and you're in college and making no money, you're rich in time, most right. likely, Lord willing. You mm-hmm. could be hit by a car tomorrow. But... <laughs> You're more right. likely to have 60 years, 50 mm-hmm. years of time to build wealth. Right. And if you aren't thinking about it now, it's not going to happen. Amen. So um, I, think it, I think it is uh, an underrated topic of conversation, wealth building as Christians. Yeah. So we're going to talk more about that later. I have a lot to say. but No, that's, that's great, guys. You need to understand. Like, it's fun just seeing the fastballs and heaters that you threw over home plate right there. I mean, <laughs> I'm excited and stoked for the special. And I think we've, like, you've hit it out of the park in our last two specials, especially with social media. I know multiple people have said that they found it useful. Mm. So uh, this next special is going to be good. I am excited. I am really excited to talk about money. That sounds really bad. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I think it's great. Yeah, I think that might be one of our best yet. And we haven't even recorded. I'm just stoked that much for it. So, yeah. Um, Is it my time to? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Unless you want to. Give me another question, but no, I feel like we've already done enough. Yeah, I want to save it, right? I want to save it. Like, I don't want to have to like say, "Oh, we refer back to the old episode." You know, let's save all the juicy stuff for later. (laughs) Um, So, my my tip to close it out. um, You know, this goes hand in hand with my tip. I think it was last last episode uh, where I said, "Rest hard or work and rest and be Mm -hmm. able to find that balance." All I'm saying today is celebrate all the harder. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're coming into a time that is really regulating celebrations. Yeah. There's a lot of legislation around celebrations. If the UK just let out um, there yet another tier of lockdowns, oh, uh, I'm going to cover that in my Instagram live show. But okay. it, they're they're completely shutting down Christmas, and it's crazy, right? Yeah. So my if. I'm going to come back around to why I think you should celebrate okay. really hard because <laughs> I think it's a very biblical thing. If you look up the yeah. word, if you just do a simple word search feast mm. in scripture, you get 187 hits. Now that's not, that, that's in the ESV, so that okay. might not be every single one, but the word feast also has a connotation of celebration in scripture. Hmm. If you read through Leviticus, you will see outlines, plans for Israel to have many celebrations. I mean, there's the Feast of Booths and so on. So, I mean, there's just a lot of celebrating that Mm -hmm. God's people do. And I think that we're coming into a time where we need to be able to celebrate and not fear the consequences because we've been living in fear this entire year. I would just say my tip is is learn to celebrate despite all of the things happening. And that means being able to cut loose from your fear and your stress. And rest well, knowing that our Lord has become incarnate. He has died on the cross, and then he has rose again. Amen. I think that's a great place to end, Isaac. Um, But before we sign off, if you've listened to us for this long, I hope you're interested in what Mm -hmm. we've had to say. If so, please feel to share the show with your friends. Mm -hmm. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts, and join our Discord channel. 
Um, we'll be we'll be updating that soon. We're gonna mm-hmm. have potentially a couple live shows coming yeah. early in the new year. Yeah, um, it's gonna so, be good stuff. Yeah, hop yeah. on and join us there. So with that, Merry Christmas, everybody. Mm. Merry Christmas. Amen. Good uh, stuff. Isaac's got me even more hyped, if that's possible, <laughs> for celebrating. It's gonna be fun. This this wonderful wonderful holiday. Um, but for the cut and the dry in the life given radio, this is Kip and Isaac signing off for 2020. Amen.